Each summer, as exam results time comes around, many pupils, parents and teachers experience the excitement, but perhaps the worry of receiving GCSE and A-level results. We're speaking to three staff members at Wisbeach Grammar School, Mr Al Duncan, Mrs Kate Bradley and Dr Stuart Miller, to understand the way the school supports pupils at this important time. So let's meet our guests joining us today from Wisbeach Grammar School. Hello, everyone. Hello. 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 Okay, to start with, if you could let us know um, who you are and what your role is at Wisbeach Grammar School. Hello there. My name's Kate Bradley and I am head of sixth form and I also teach geography. Hello, Kate. Hello. Hello, I'm Al Duncan. I'm the head of middle school and I also teach drama. Thanks for joining us, Al. No worries. Hi, I'm Stuart Miller. I'm head of higher education and I'm a biology teacher. Brilliant. Well, look, I am so pleased that the three of you could join us today. We're looking today at the whole idea around exams, taking exams, receiving the results of exams. And I'd like to know about the way that Wisbeach pupils are, are supported and helped and guided through this really important part of their of their school career. So initially, I suppose, just to get us started, we all know exams are important. We all know exams are a major part of life for, for any pupil in any school. Who can give me a bit of an outline about the general approach at Wisbeach Grammar School towards exams? I think, um, yes, it's a really interesting question. And I think it's changed quite a lot because of COVID. Like every other school, we obviously have mock exams to try and prepare the pupils. We've had in-class exams and ones where they've sat in the exam hall. So they actually get used to finding their seats and going in. So it isn't a surprise on the actual day. Um, I know with fifth form, Al, we've done lots of study days, haven't we, where we've had people in um, to help with study skills. With the sixth form as well, they, they um, do a programme called Life Skills. And all the way through, we're doing study skills, exam technique, even things just resilience. So if you have a bad result, what do you then do? How do you pick yourself up and move on and think it's not the end of the world? Mm. I would agree with that entirely. And I think that one of the other things that we try and make sure the pupils are aware of um, is that obviously on results day, when we get to this stage, um, it's they are stepping stones. The results are stepping stones. They're not the be all and end all. Um, and so if something hasn't quite gone right, that actually it's not the end of the world. It is it is right. OK, what other opportunities are open to you? Is that how you see it, Stuart? Yes, very much so. I think those of us that have been in the business, so to speak, for a long time are very aware of the fact that our, the A-level results that we got, the GCSE results that we got, are so far in the past um, that they don't, they're not really meaningful anymore. And in addition to preparing students for exams, I think it's also incumbent on us to make them aware of the fact that in a few years' time, those results really, whether they've done well or not, will not be the be-all and end-all of, of their careers, their futures and so on. So I think it's making sure that they prepare for the exams, but getting everything in perspective. So already I'm, I'm gathering a sort of multi-layered approach here. It's partly the sort of important side of preparing for the exams themselves, but it, I'm getting the impression already that that's wrapped in a sort of healthy attitude generally to the role of exams, the stepping stone that was mentioned, uh, and, and the perspective that they have within the rest of, of any pupil's academic career? I'd like to think so. Um, mm. I mean, all schools now, increasingly with uh, two years of a pandemic and so on, all schools are in the business of future-proofing their children. And that doesn't just mean getting them stamps, which reflect at a moment in time what they were capable of doing under rather artificial conditions, 
But we've tried to stress and we continue to try and stress at this school about the skills, adaptability um, that they need to pick up along the way. And I think increasingly in the next 10 years, we need to stress that as much as we do the traditional do your homework, get a mark and here's the grade. Do you think that's something that's changed? Do you think the idea that it's exams plus all the other life skills, resilience, the other things you've mentioned, do you think that perspective has, has changed at all over the years? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've kind of been attending some webinars run by um, businesses just to see what skills did they want our sixth form to have when they go out into the world of work. And actually, a lot of them, yes, a degree is important. Yes, that higher education is useful. But actually, you know, more often than not, what they want, as, as Stuart has said, are people who are resilient, who can adapt, who can be flexible, who have a whole plethora of other skills. It isn't just an academic profile. It is a kind of a whole rounded person and that's who they are looking for. I mean, this sounds a really compelling idea. I think we can all recognise the benefits of the approach you're talking about. I think I'd maybe like to understand, though, how this is achieved. Al, could you help us understand a little about how these important values, how this approach actually manifests itself in terms of the way you help the, the pupils? It has certainly changed over the last few years with, I mean, with the pandemic. I know we've already mentioned the pandemic, but I mean, I'm about to pick up a year group um, who at the beginning of the pandemic were year sevens. They're coming into they're coming into year 10 and all of a sudden, having had two or three disrupted years of learning, all of a sudden we're saying, right guys, time for GCSEs. And it's terrifying for them. The look on some of their faces when you sort of say, right, this is, this is getting quite important now. Um, many of them are slightly caught in the headlights by that. Um, so one of the things that at Wisbeach we do Kate mentioned it earlier, we use a company that come in and do a whole morning of study skills. And that isn't just this is the best way to revise, um, because we are aware that everybody is individual and everybody learns differently. Um, what it is, is this morning comes, they, they, the company come in and they give all of the, the pupils the, the toolkit almost to sort of say, right, have you tried this, this, this on the exam day? This is the best way of doing it. In order to prepare, don't just sit there and go, if you get one bad mark, Stuart mentioned the homework, if you get one bad mark at homework, that's not the be all and end all, right? Okay, so what do I need to change? What do I need to do better in order to get the grades that I am looking or the, the marks that I am looking for? Um, and I think starting that in year 10, which is what we call fourth form, um, and then we we do them do another morning for them in year 11, at fifth form, so that by the time they reach the mocks, they've actually had practice already of, right, okay, well, I know that I know that I need to have a proper breakfast on the morning of an exam. I also need to know that I need to have got a good night's sleep the night before without the use of my phone and my devices. So, and all of those kind of things that we are trying to um, give them, those sort of good learning skills and the study skills from, from right at the start of the GCSE courses, that's, that's the important thing from us. And I think also, um, even from first form and perhaps even low in, into the prep school, the pupils are really encouraged to be self-reflective, um, even if it is on a small piece of homework or in a drama performance or a musical performance on the sports field. It always is, OK, well, what was good about that? And to celebrate that success, but also to think about, well, how would you improve it? What would you do differently next time? And those kind of things, it isn't just an academic 
you know, an academic profile. It's thinking about, well, actually our teamwork, we need to focus on that, our communication skills. And then I think our jobs as, as teachers and as educators is to try and facilitate, okay, well, we need to work on communication. What could we do to kind of help them with that? So it kind of encompasses every single aspect. And I think often the pupils are learning and developing those skills without necessarily realising it. Um, and it's just life. And so when they go, you know, leave us and leave Wisbeach, they can kind of think about what it is that they want to go and, you know, what they want to go and do. They have all of the skills that they need to go and pursue their dreams. So what I'm noticing there is is as as you tell me more about the kind of skills that Wisbeach pupils uh, learn and gather in preparation for their exams, it, it's occurring to me that the sort of skills you're mentioning are the sort of skills they need anyway in their school career in life it's not a separate idea is it the idea of preparing for exams and building useful life skills and useful study skills it's it's possibly all part and parcel of the same approach i think that's it and i think you know what we've kind of alluded to earlier is that in the past i think school was very much you go you learn to read and write you get your exam results and on you go to the next thing but i think school is so much more than that and it is an experience and it is as you say it's getting them ready for life it is part of life it isn't just a stepping stone to life it is them actually living and and experiencing the day-to-day absolutely now the pandemic was mentioned there of course i think we all acknowledge that disrupted school life for for many children and it's always good to hear how schools have helped children to uh, adapt to deal with that to 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 get used to this uh, this transition that we're going through now i'm thinking for a-level students in particular what was it like for them not having experienced GCSEs in the, in the conventional sense? How's it been for A-level students hitting the exam season with a sense of preparation and understanding what that's going to be like? Stuart, could you help me understand that? Yes, I think our students, whether they were GCSE or A-level, what they did very, very well is they adapted quite quickly to distance learning and the hybrid model that we continue to use and will probably continue to use. So we very quickly jumped to uh, Microsoft Teams, but we, I think, very sensibly, uh, certainly I could think of a number of schools that insisted on a full 50-minute lesson in front of a screen. And I think we very quickly diluted that so that we got efficiency rather than an amount of time spent in front of a screen. Um, And I certainly know as a teacher that... It's interesting, you might, it would be interesting to survey staff at different schools and pupils and ask them, do you think, you know, consider this sentence, um, despite COVID I, or because of COVID I, and it's an interesting mindset. I think hybrid learning and COVID certainly made me as a teacher look at how I teach, what I do when I've got students. And I certainly, um, I think my lessons were more efficient. And when we surveyed staff here, all but a handful said, yes, we're on track to finish the syllabus. So when last year the government started suggesting how schools would cope with a reduced syllabus in their exams, many of us were looking at each other going, but we, we will cover everything. We at this school, I think with all but a few teachers, we, are, we were 99% confident that we had covered the entire syllabus and would cover the entire syllabus. And when AQA, uh, edXL, et cetera, started releasing advanced information about topics that wouldn't be covered, many of us, frankly, were scratching our heads saying, well, we feel disadvantaged now because we've covered everything and we've covered it well. 
And in actual fact, if I'm being cynical, what we all quickly, and I think teachers up and down the country will have said is, all of this pre-advanced information, it's because you have the papers ready to go, you're looking at what's in the papers, and that's what we've got to revise. Because frankly, as a biologist, the fact that evolution was not going to be examined is ludicrous. How can you judge A-level biologists when they don't have to know anything about evolution? It's the thing that underpins all of biology. So we, I think, at the school, were very, very good at getting students on track. And they, to their credit, with hardly, hardly any exceptions, stuck to their lessons, submitted work electronically, assiduously uh, went through corrections and so on and so forth. So we certainly, from the very start, uh, I think we're in a very, very good position because at this school, the community, parents and pupils just rallied round, actually. I'm definitely getting a, a couple of senses from that. First is is a sense of teamwork. You've mentioned teamwork, the fact that the onus here is not all on the pupils. You, the teachers and pupils, have very much worked together by the sound of it to, to, to make the most of this opportunity. And it also sounds very much like rather than just what have the pupils learned, how have the pupils coped, it sounds like you and your colleagues have, as you've said, really learned a few things about how to tweak your lessons, adjust your your, your teaching techniques, and your own resilience and adaptability sounds like it's really come to the fore here. I'm, I'm 58 and I can't use the TV remote. It has too many buttons. It's a piece of over-engineered rubbish. I, however, learned how to use an iPad badly um, and I really fell in love with Microsoft Teams. Now, for 58, I've actually enjoyed using Teams. I don't enjoy using my iPad because it doesn't have decent games on it. Um, if I can adapt, I'm sure younger people with more plastic minds um, adapted with far more ease. What struck me, having spent time working in America, is we were 10 years behind uh, the digital revolution that, that is present in American schools. Go to any American high school, go to any American university. Kids are not walking around like uh, demented mollusks with huge backpacks on their backs so that they're bent double. They have a device and they're accessing lessons that way. Two years ago, when we saw pupils walking around with devices, this year, as we've seen some of our younger pupils walking around with iPads, we look, I think, like a modern school. And we all talk about recycling paper and so on and so forth. Ask any school, ask any school department what their biggest budget is. It goes to chopping down trees for photocopying. Is this really a modern school? I don't think it is. And I think we've all learned a lot of very positive things. That's really interesting. Now, thinking about the experience of exams from the, the, the pupils' perspective, what sort of advice would you give to, to, to pupils listening maybe to this, whether they are Wisbeach pupils or perhaps uh, they attend a different school? What advice do you give for any pupil who's thinking about their next steps, thinking about exam results are coming, um, I don't know what my exam results are going to be, how am I going to uh, plan my next steps? What's your, what are your key parts of advice that you'd like to share? First and foremost, don't panic. Um, if you end up with results that you either weren't expecting or desiring, um, it, that is, as I mentioned earlier, that is not the end of the world. One of the things that I, I genuinely think Wisbeach is very good at is being able to support pupils um, who, are, who find themselves in this situation. Um, whether it's speaking to Stuart with regards to the onward journey um, and higher education or whether it is, oh, actually, do you know something? The GCSE results I've just got 
aren't what I wanted. How can I now progress? Is A-level the right thing for me or should I be looking more towards a vocational route um, and all options are open and actually we have members of staff at the school who have expertise in all these areas so th- my my biggest suggestion would be if you find yourself in a situation that you weren't either desiring or expecting don't panic. What proportion of Wisbeach pupils move directly from GCSEs into Wisbeach's sixth form? It's varied over the last few years. Um, the pandemic did hit a number of families quite hard. Um, but this year we're looking at about 85, 90% are, 85% are st- uh, will be staying on and, and carrying on to sixth form. There are many reasons why pupils do leave at the end of fifth form. And one of the things that I pride myself on in terms of giving the pupils the information is that in every year group, throughout the school, we have pupils who, whose journey is individual. I think one of the strengths of Wisbeach is that we actually identify each pupil as an individual. So one example from year 11 that we've got this year is that the pupil who all they want to do is fix cars and engines and get their hands covered in oil and grease. And we don't do that at a level at Wisbeach Grammar School. So the natural progression and the best thing for this pupil is to go to college. So it's not it, we don't sit here and then we just. I know that we're an independent school and I know that fundamentally we are a business, but we're not going to sit there and say no. You have to stay and do three A levels if actually that's not the best thing for the pupil. Um, and I think that that's a really important point to get through. We do not sit there and say, you must stay for sixth form um, if it's not right for the pupil um, involved. Of course. Kate? Yeah, so mine kind of follows on from Al's really, um, in that not to bury your head in the sand. Um, as Al mentioned, there's so many people out there who can offer advice, whether it's in school, whether it's external, um, like the UCAS website is brilliant for those people who are wanting to go on to university, who aren't quite sure, parents, friends, there are so many people out there. And I think it is just that case of, don't worry, something will come up. Um, and actually, it's looking at it as an opportunity rather than something that's gone wrong. Um, but taking advantage of those people who can give you some advice and to listen to them and then to make your decision based on, you know, when you, once you have got all of that information. Stuart, is there any advice you find yourself sharing with pupils who are looking at their exam results, be they GCSE or A-level, appraising where they go next? What, what are your ideas? Really, I'd, I'd just reiterate what Al and Kate have said, and it really is down to don't worry, don't panic, it'll all be all right. It's a terrible thing to say to a 16, 18-year-old when they open their results and they're not what they want. They're not going to be receptive to that. And I think if for the parents that are listening out there, as a parent myself, having agonised with my son over his GCSE results and his A-level results, this is about as bad as it gets. If you can, honestly, just give your son or daughter a cup of tea and they will need space. Just give them time to sob, to cheer, to do whatever it is. Even for those that are in the the university treadmill, don't panic, don't rush, go and have a cup of tea. Nothing is going to happen before 11 o'clock. Go and have a cup of tea, get over the emotional high or the low that you're on and then start making decisions. For those that have been successful, fantastic. My biggest message, and it's something that has occurred to me sort of later in life, is that 
one of the one of the things that humans are terrible at doing and it's one of those taboo subjects is we will not talk about failure we don't reflect on failure we don't talk about failure and in the last few years i've come across a rather eccentric hungarian philosopher whose whole work was about failure and about other rather dark depressing matters and i think schools if we're going to future proof children we have to train children and train teachers to talk about failure we for example look at a homework mark and we say well what what went well yes great but what went wrong why did it go wrong and how will it not happen again and when it did go wrong did it ruin your day did it ruin your week did it ruin your month i bet it didn't so for those that are getting results today if they're not what they want Tomorrow will be better than today. Next week will be better than today. And in a few months' time, those results won't be quite so painful. I, for example, got terrible A-level results. I know why I got terrible A-level results. They mean nothing to me now. And if I ever go for an interview now and somebody asks me about my A-level results, well, that's the end of the interview. Thank you very much because that's not who I am. The A-level results and GCSE results that our students get, that any young people get, cannot possibly define all their capabilities, their abilities, their interests. How does a student, as Al described, who's interested in mechanical engineering, how does a, a GCSE result in English describe their, their capacity to put together an old Rover engine? It, it can't possibly do that. So for all of the young people out there, and parents as well, yes, today is going to be emotional. Tomorrow will be easier. The day after will be easier. And in a few weeks' time, you'll be able to talk to them as, as, as a parent to student without being snarled at or getting a strange response, which involves going off to Ibiza. I'm getting a very strong vibe from so much of what we've discussed today of don't panic. This is important, but it's to be seen in perspective. And that's coming through from so many of the things you've told me. I think the message that schools have to get across, and I do worry about this as somebody who's close to retirement, is that we as adults and teachers, surely with, with all that's happened in the world, we've had pandemic, we've had a war, we've had inflation. The world will zig repeatedly can our young people zag? And if they can't, it doesn't matter what grades they've got, the world will knock them flat on their back. And I'm not sure they're going to be able to pick themselves up. So results today are an opportunity. If, if any young people out there um, do badly in their results, okay, can you pick yourself up? And I think the other message is hundreds, thousands of students have been in their position. So they are not alone. Other students went through exactly the same thing. I went through it. My results were terrible, but we're still here and we're still being successful and we're still being positive and enjoying life. Now, we heard earlier that around 85% of Wisbeach's GCSE pupils then go on into A-level, though those for whom other options are better are very much encouraged and guided to do so. How about the next stage after A-levels? Where do Wisbeach pupils tend to go? Is there any one particular trend or direction? The majority of our pupils still go to university. That is still their preferred uh, choice post A-level study. We are seeing an increasing number, though, looking at apprenticeships. So we've had students go to do apprenticeships in accounting, for example, um, construction industry, which is very big in the area. And they've gone on and been really, really successful. We've also had people take on degree apprenticeships. Um, and again, that has given them the opportunity to combine further education or higher education alongside gaining the skills in their chosen 
vocation. Now, a lot of us won't be familiar with that. Is a degree apprenticeship a new innovation? Not really, no. I think it's just kind of come to the fore um, about four or five years um, in terms of how long it's been going for. I think it's something that in the past people didn't know much about. People didn't select it. I think it was very much a you ought to go to university. That's the natural progression. If you've done your A-levels, you ought to go and get a degree. And I think it's it's now becoming a bit more popular where actually people think, well, I would like a degree, but I don't want to be in all of that debt and to spend three to four years learning theoretically about an industry without actually gaining that practical experience. So a, a degree apprenticeship seems to offer both, both of those opportunities. Very highly competitive, as you can imagine, um, particularly post-COVID when lots of people are quite anxious and uncertain about perhaps what their future holds. Um, but we are seeing an increasing number kind of going into that that area. And some, of course, just go straight into the world of work. They know what they would like to do. They've had enough of education. They would like to go and earn some money and perhaps we'll figure out what they would like to do in the next year, five years um, whatever takes their fancy. And if if I may jump in here as well, because it's my subject specialist, I would also say that um, Wisbeach has a very impressive record of getting pupils into performing arts colleges, um, whether that's as dancers, actors, musical theatre performers or technicians. Um, we've had people every year for the last six or seven years who've gone on to uh, go and do work, go and strive for the industry, as it's uh, as it's called. Excellent. So you've all three of you shared with me quite a few interesting perspectives that demonstrate to me the general attitude and approach at Wisbeach. And it just sounds very supportive and quite open-minded in terms of the, the way that exam results are discussed, the way that future plans are made. If people are still listening to this and still feeling a bit overwhelmed by the whole topic, because for some people it is a, a, a difficult area, if we were to distill it down to just three words, three words that you could offer a pupil or for that matter, a parent who is struggling to take on these ideas and, and to put the whole matter into the perspective that, that you three seem to have, what three words would you pull out to really guide them and help them? I'm going to jump in here if that's all right. I'm going to, firstly, I'm going to go patience. Um, because it doesn't happen overnight. Um, your future is not defined, as Stuart has mentioned and Kate has mentioned, your future is not defined by these grades. You have to be able to just, just be patient. Um, be open-minded would be my second one, because you, you might well start your two years of GCSE or your two years of A-level thinking that you want to go and be an aeronautical engineer and then end up doing uh, classics it, it really doesn't matter so stay open-minded and my third one would genuinely be be honest with yourself um because actually if something isn't working having the honesty and courage almost to sort of be able to say to people whether it's your teachers your tutor your heads of section um mm -hmm. the, the head of higher education or your parents this isn't working for me um i think that's a really important point so honesty open-mindedness and patience Excellent. Kate? I think I'm going to go with a three-word phrase, it's your life. I think what we try and kind of get across to our pupils, particularly as they move from GCSE into sixth form and beyond, is actually it's up to you. The whole world is your oyster. You can decide what you want to do. Yes, of course, you're going to listen to people, you're going to take on their advice, you're going to research everything that you might possibly want to do. But at the end of the day, it's what you want to do and to just go forward with that. 
Excellent. And Stuart, we'll let you have the, the last word on this one. Al gave us three distinct words, patience, open-mindedness and honesty. Uh, Kate gave us a phrase, it's your life. Which three words would you choose to offer anyone listening to this? I think the first one, and I've not prepared this, I'm afraid, I think the first one that springs to mind would be uh, opportunity um, in as much that all young people now and parents too have the opportunity now, whether they have done well, whether they have done badly, whether the results go well or not, there is an opportunity there. Either they will now move forward as predicted, doing what they expect, and parents will feel proud, pleased, and phew, we can go out tonight. But I think it's also important that if results don't go well, students look at that as an opportunity. It didn't go the way I wanted. I now have to rethink. This is an opportunity. Every year I have seen students, and this is how the market has changed, and this would be uh, you know, a completely different podcast uh, on UCAS, but clearing now means that is now a tactical opportunity. Students will now look at universities, even though the market is competitive, and use clearing to trade up. Not, phew, what can I get? I'm desperate but can I do better? Uh, so opportunity, everything's an opportunity. Fail forward is really important. We don't teach people to fail forward anymore. Um, the other thing is um, probably uh, the fact that education and all of the opportunities that they're looking for, if you go back to the 1990s, 1960s and so on, People didn't travel very far for work. People didn't travel very far for education. I bet if you did a graph of how far people traveled to work, it would you'd see a staggering increase. The world and opportunities are now global. So that's my second word, global. Students and parents need to look at what's happening in the world. The labor market isn't just what's happening in the Fens. It's not just what's happening in the UK. It's what's happening internationally. So, for example, while the labour market in the UK is going to struggle because of the um, economic problems that we're in now, but they were going to struggle beforehand anyway, the flip side is true in America. They're, they are the reverse of us in terms of demographics, young people and the labour market. And if you're a young person in this country and your results aren't what you want, OK, could I do better if I went overseas? Um, so those are two words. And as a third word, I'd probably, unfortunately, go back to resilience. Students need to just show, try and learn, try and acquire that habit of resilience, because at my age, I can guarantee the world will repeatedly knock them flat and they will have to pick themselves up many, many, many times. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. All three of you have given us, I think, a really rounded idea of, of the approach that Wisbeach Grammar School has to exams, not only the taking of exams, but then the uh, appraisal of, of those exam results and the ideas around next steps. And ideas like resilience have come through repeatedly, but I've really appreciated the idea of perspective and the idea of, uh, as, as Kate says, it's your life. There's so many opportunities, as Stuart pointed out, that this is just one part of the overall picture of preparing the, these young people for, for, their, for their world. Thank you. It's been so good chatting to you. I'm really grateful. And I really hope that not just in this exam season, but in, in those in, in years to follow, all the Wisbeach pupils are able to grasp the opportunities that you've offered them. Thank you so much. Thanks, Clive. Nice to chat.
Thank you. Thank you. That was Al Duncan, Kate Bradley and Stuart Miller helping us to understand that exam results, though important, should be looked at as just one indicator of a pupil's learning, growth and future. They shared with us how healthy attitudes towards resilience, success and failure can really help the pupils of Wisbeach Grammar School as they explore their options.